Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography, a podcast all about the things that we love about photography. This is Focus on Rotation, where I have different hosts joining me at the desk as we share and learn each week. Come and enjoy this week's episode with us. Welcome to Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. I'm Steve Finkel and I'm flying solo again on this episode of Photo Mission Focus. On this episode I wanted to talk to what's all the buzz at the moment around the photography community is the release of the EOS R3 from Canon. So Canon this week has released um, all the details and pricing for the R3, the EOS R3 camera. So and there's a lot of really cool, obviously, things about that camera that Canon have built into that package. It's kind of, it's creating a new level for people who know the Canon hierarchy of cameras. The 1DX Mark III is the flagship camera, and that will, that will remain to be the flagship camera. So the R3 now is slotting in, creating a new spot between it and the R5. So previously, before the R3 was announced, it was, you know, 1DX then the R5, and then some might then say, you know, the, the 5D4s and things like that as we move down the move down the, the tree, to, so to speak. So what's this mean for photographers? And you better go out and find a lot of information. I mean, people will be interested with the size of the sensor. It's a 24 megapixel, but it's a stacked CMOS dual pixel um, sensor. So it's a, And it's a sensor that's been developed by Canon and made by Canon. So... I think this is really interesting that companies like Canon have invested so much time and effort into creating these new sensors to be able to deliver some key benefits to photographers. So it's an exciting time for photographers that we live in with the the technology. And I think the 30 frames a second with electronic shutter or and that's being able to shoot with full autofocus and shoot in full raw format as well which is incredible amount of images that can shoot per second a couple of other notable things is that in the shutter mode there's no no blackout on the on the actual viewfinder so it's um again gives a fantastic experience i think where we're up to with technology at the moment is there's so many cool innovative products coming through especially from companies like Canon just showing you that they've actually been investing in obviously these things don't happen overnight so you know they didn't wake up a couple of weeks ago and say hey we're going to come up with this new camera you can imagine that the engineers have been working on this for quite a long time trying to perfect it one thing that I like about Canon and their products is typically they don't release something until they know it's actually battle ready so basically, you can buy it, take it out of the box, start shooting with it, and it, it'll it'll handle the full workload. So they don't bring out technology and go, yeah, well, we've, we've got it just about there, but it's not quite. Canon usually said once they get deliver the product, it's ready, like I said, it's ready to go. You can just jump in and start shooting. So what does this mean for photographers? I think this is interesting time because there's so many innovations in the camera with the especially with the tracking facility to be able to track now. They've added some people who've used the R5 and the R6 know how good the animal and people tracking autofocus system work. There's also been added 
to be able to track vehicles, which is going to be fantastic for sporting. I mean, this camera, like at 30 frames, is going to be an absolutely weapon of a camera to catching sporting action because to be able to get that many frames that quickly and maintain focus, uh, autofocus due that during that 30 frames is phenomenal. But with these additional tracking modes, we can see where the technology is going that we're going to be able to, I think in the future, cameras are going to be able you to dial up exactly the type of subject you're trying to shoot and it will be able to lock on and um, maintain focus, which... And look, some people probably might think this is kind of cheating or it's kind of like making it, dumbing it down for photographers. But what it allows you to do as a photographer is once the technology gets that good, you don't have to rely on tweaking the focus and doing all these different things. And you can spend more time on considering your composition, watching what's happening with the state of play and being ready to capture those moments when they happen. So I think freeze the photographer up. I think the more things you can take that a photographer doesn't have to do, if we look what's happened in the world of automation in general, every I think every workplace there's been automation has come in and made things easier, simpler for people and more efficient. So it's kind of like people just accept it. I mean, it's like, you know, people these days, when um, in the old days, you know, garage doors, you have to get out of the car, it's pouring rain, you have to get out of the garage door, unlock the door and lift the door up and drive the car in. You know, nearly every modern house that's got a garage has a, you know, an automated garage door. So you could just pull up, press a button, the door opens, you drive your car in and press a button, the door closes. We just accept that now as being a part of life. Now, what it means is that, you know, it means that you can concentrate on other things. You don't have to kind of rely on doing all these manual things. And that's what's happened, I think, in the camera space is that so much has happened in that space and it's all kind of starting to happen very quickly and I think it like I said it's so exciting to be a photographer to be able to use that technology to be able to create images and create images that we previously couldn't capture because the the focus we would you know have to mend we you know we we're kind of trying to keep the focus on the on the subject but quite often you'd lose focus you'd lose track of things and and you'd drop a lot of frames so a lot of the images you captured weren't even useful because the key element of it was out of focus. So it just gives us, like I said, it's it's like a more tools in the toolbox to be able to do things and be able to do things more efficiently. I think one of the game changes with, with cameras is going to be the, the silent shutter. There's so many places now where the sound of a, a shutter being fired off is going to be off-putting. So in, you know, things like a lot of birth photographers have been, you know, had moved to systems that gave them the option to shoot silently, you know, weddings and other events where they're inside a, a building where they're, where they're possibly, you know, in echoes and that type of thing is that having a silent shutter is such a, a huge advantage. And I think in press conferences, we you know, when you see, you, you can hear in the background, you hear all the shutters going off as you're shooting, as you know, the president walks out or the prime minister walks out to, to the podium to start to speak. And it can be a bit, I suppose, a little bit off-putting. And I think the fact that we know that people are doing, they're taking, you know, the press are there taking photos. But I'm thinking this is going to give us so many more opportunities to be able to shoot in environments where the camera doesn't have an impact on the environment whatsoever. It's completely kind of noiseless. It doesn't make any impact at all. So people just, you know, kind of don't even realise the cameras are there capturing.
And I think that's a good thing. Like I said, we've just, through the nature of cameras and the mechanical shutters of the, the DSLRs, it's a mechanical clunky thing that you know, something has to move and snap out of the way and the mirror has to jump up and all that type of stuff. So there's always been that's just how we've done it. But it's a bit like the, I think like the, you know, the garage door situation where if there's an easier way of doing it and a better way of doing it, people will quickly jump on board that. And I don't know if you gave people an option now if they were building a brand new home and said, oh, you're building a brand new home, but we don't put any automation on your garage doors. You're going to have to get out of your car. People would look at you and go, what? You don't put automation on my garage door? It's just become one of those things that it's just it's expected. Like it's just something that it's become the norm. It's the same as like in most places now. There's you know very few places people actually wash up the dishes. You know they have a dishwasher that does all that. So you know it's, it's interesting times we live in, and cameras are no different. That I think we're all looking at things that what can the camera do that you know we we used to do, and what can the camera do and do it better. And I think the thing about you know it's like everything as a photographer, you have your good days and your bad days. So some days. You're really 100% on your game and you're just nailing everything and happy days and you go, oh, fantastic. And then the next day you go to a shoot and you just, I don't know, you just can't get in the rhythm. You just can't get in the zone. You're missing shots. You're not quick enough. You're, you know, And this is what happens. So if you can have the camera take away some of that, I suppose, that repetitiveness stuff and be able to do it consistently to the same level, that's a good thing and it's, and it's, for photographers it's a great thing because like I said it just allows you to be able to concentrate and do the other things that are you need to do concentrating on the subject and concentrating on your angles and all those different things to produce the best possible shots so I think the some of the nice things about that camera and like I said it does it does kind of fit into a new area for Canon in the lineup so it's in that kind of between the R5 and the 1DX Mark III. But it's brought back some technology that Canon had in their EOS three cameras, their film cameras. I think they were originally around the 90s or something like that, and they had the eye track. Now, obviously, with technology so much further um, advanced, the eye tracking is a really interesting, I suppose, addition to that camera. You know, I love on the back of my R5, I use my thumb and I move my thumb around on the back and I'll be able to move the focus point to an area that I want to focus on and then hit the shutter half down and get a focus. To be able to just point, move your eye around and direct the camera to the point where you want to focus, in a lot of areas that just, again, speeds up the whole process. And I think, you know, from all the ports is that people who have tried the pre-production models, that it, it works really well. And there is going to be some limitations. Even Canon said, like, you know, it may not work effectively 100% time for everyone. But I'm sure as the technology develops and as they use it more and get more and more data and more feedback from people, is that they'll be able to tweak that technology until it becomes really reliable. And I think, as I said, it's, just, it's, it's opening the door and showing us something that... I suppose as most photographers, we haven't had that option to be able to quickly be able to not even concentrate moving your, your thumb around on the back of the camera to, to position it for a focusing point that you can actually do it through the viewfinder. And I'm yet to try it yet, but I'm you know, going to be super excited when I can get my hands on a, a 
an EOS R3 and actually just try that functionality out because I do love that when you know, you're shooting street stuff and you want to be able to hone in on a particular person and sometimes like I said the R5 is really good it'll pick on it'll grab someone but sometimes it's not the person of interest that you really want to focus on so I'll quickly just move the move the focus point to that person and let it lock on to that person and it works really well having that I suppose almost automation feature of you know a bit like the garage door where I can move my eye and actually be able to position the focus point to the person or the area of interest that I'm trying to photograph is going to be, again, a game changer. And it just shows, I suppose, the innovation that's coming out in, in cameras. So exciting to think what might happen on the next generations or as, as these cameras develop and as they develop the platforms further and further, what other things are they going to have in there that we haven't really seen before and that are going to make the jobs as photographers much easier and much more efficient and, and like I said, repeatable. And that's the big thing. You know, if you're doing photography as a as a profession and it's your line of work and you need to be consistent. If you're consistent and you can get the shots every time, obviously that helps you do your job better and you're going to, you know, be rewarded for that. If you kind of find that you're kind of, you know, you're a baker and you bake and every third day the bread you bake is not so great. But, you know, that makes it hard to be make a living and be professional that when you're not consistent and like I said we all have days like I said when we're off a game a little bit so the more things that I think can keep us on a game or just lighten the load so we can actually all I suppose shoot more efficiently and effectively so like I said I'm, I'm really looking forward to some of that type of technology the other big advancement I think is the fact too like that it uses um the 1DX style battery, so it's going to and and the built-in grip. I, I mean, I've been a, I was always a lover of grips on my 5D series cameras. Um, so I'd buy a grip, and I liked it for a couple of reasons. It, it's because obviously it just gives you more purchase to hold onto the camera. It just feels, I don't know, it feels more secure. And then as I kind of travelled, I take the grip off because I was trying to be a little bit lighter and just. But but I do miss the grip when I don't have a grip on the body. So I think having the built-in grip, it's a fantastic thing. And the weight thing is interesting because it's a much lighter body than a 1DX Mark III. It's a slightly smaller body, but it's also lighter. But you have the advantage of having the, the grip. And like I said, having the bigger battery capacity, that's one thing. I, like if That's why it's kind of worthwhile putting a battery grip on a on a on something like the... Um, the R5 to give you a little bit of extra battery capacity but going with a, a proven technology like the battery system that they use on the 1DX and for a lot of people who maybe are transitioning from a 1DX over to the R3 it means that, that any battery stock they've got they can obviously utilize that so that's going to be an advantage. Like I said it's an exciting time like I said when you see these new products coming out you hear I mean you hear all the rumors about different camera manufacturers bringing out this feature and that feature but until it's actually you know you actually start to see it in the real world and it starts to trickle down and, and you know you see it now is this camera going to be is, is EOS R3 going to be for everybody it's not going to be a camera that that everyone's going to pick up and buy because you know I believe in Australia it'll, it'll be selling around the probably eight and a half thousand dollar mark somewhere that um, type of area that's going to be at 
it's going to be more aimed at the professional level. You will have some you know, high-end enthusiast photographers buy it who love doing their motorsport because this camera is going to really come into a zone on things like fast-moving action, which is what the camera's kind of been pitched as. You know, it's it's to catch the speed of life. It's, it is a, a camera that's got so many tools built into it to be able to capture those things and uh, and do it really, really well. So I think, like I said, we're going to see a lot of people really thinking about this camera. It's really, you know, I think at this stage it's uh, it's going to be available sometime in November in Australia. A lot of the camera retailers are now taking pre-orders. You can pre-order the camera. But I think, like I said, there's going to be, a, I think, a big uptake because there was a lot of people who uptook the the R5 and didn't because they kind of realised there wasn't going to be a potentially a 5D um, Mark V come out. So the people who'd been shooting for 5D Mark IV were looking at what the next camera upgrade, and I think a lot of people transitioned over to that camera. So... I think people, even though, like I said, this camera is not designed or it's not in the position to um, be the flagship camera for Canon, but a lot of people who shoot in 1DX, I can see them buying this camera and maybe using this as their primary camera and using their 1DX as their backup camera. That's just the way, and, and time will tell whether that actually happens and whether people actually do go that way. But I think, like I said, there's so many interesting features built into this camera so on the top of the camera too there's a new digital hot shoe and the digital hot shoe allows for the connection of um, devices that allow you like this is going to be a microphone so which is going to be interesting because one of the things that's happened on this camera and they've taken away the the recording time limit typically on dslrs and mirrorless cameras they could record video up to just on just nearly up to 30 minutes and then they would stop. Which if you were shooting, like if you were video taking a conference or something like that and it's, you know, it's a three-hour conference and there's a lot of different speakers coming and going which meant you had to be on your game and potentially you'd drop, you'd drop bits of video because you were interrupting the, the video flow because the camera would stop recording. I believe now that that camera will now record until the memory card's full, the battery goes flat. So if you have external power source connected to the camera and you have the biggest memory card possible in there, you're going to have a very long recording time on the camera. And, you know, it's talked about that the camera's been designed to do that, so overheating things aren't going to be an issue because obviously Canon have tested this over and over. I'm sure there's countless number of these cameras have been just running, continuously recording and they've been monitoring them closely. I'm, you know, I'm sure they've been doing that. So that's yeah, you know, an area too where this camera now is a bit of becomes a bit more of a, I suppose, a crossover to more cinema, cinema type cameras too, because being able to record high frame uh, 4K video and be able to record it for long lengths of time, that's going to be, like I said, a game changer for some people who who may have kidded out with some other equipment that they take that maybe now this camera can actually do a bit more of the video work that other cameras were previously doing. So it's going to be interesting to see how people, like I said, kit themselves up and use it. One of the other areas of interest, I think, is with this camera is the on the hot shoe adapter, there is going to be a, a connection. So you can pair it to, like, say, a 5G-enabled phone and better use that as a gateway, basically, to be able to upload images. 
Now, everyone knows 5G is an incredibly fast network and being able to take advantage of being able to be shooting, say, in a sporting arena and being able to stream those images to a photo editor in the media suite in real time virtually, that those images can be you know, processed, uploaded and used. Now, that's not nothing new that a lot of cameras have had the wireless you know, file transfer system and, the, and that's used in a lot of sporting arenas. But now we can kind of take it outdoors, but the fact that we're not now limited to having a, a dedicated network within an arena to stream to, that now you could be out shooting, you know, in a, in a, even in a situation of, in a disaster type situation where someone's reporting, the images can be going straight back to the photo editor wherever they are, if there's, if there's mobile coverage, uh, those images can be, like I said, uploaded and moved very quickly. So this is going to change the workflow for photographers where photographers will be out there capturing stuff and then the images can be delivered very quickly to a point where they're processed and then maybe uploaded to website, news websites or whatever. So that's, again, I think it's going to change the way news reporting is. Just like, I mean, we're seeing how... Camera phones have report changed the way people post images that they can basically be out at an at a party or an event or whatever, and they can be capturing images and they can be uploading them to social media sites, and it's all done within one device. They don't need to download the photo. They don't need to do anything to it. They can just like choose to post that photo straight to Instagram or Facebook or one of those things. And it's interesting because, in a commercial sense, being able to turn a camera like this into a, a device that can upload directly to somewhere very quickly, then, like I said, that opens up more possibilities on how this camera will be used. And I'm assuming with that same, you know, uh, file transfer that, and I'm not sure that on, on, the, on the R3 whether this is going to happen, but I'm assuming that maybe video files can be uploaded as well, which will be interesting as well because that's going to take it from a news reporting um, situation. It'll be interesting if that is possible to do it. I'm not sure, but I'm sure that will come out. I know definitely they've talked about um, you know images being uploaded. I'm sure that they're probably looking at, they haven't already done it, they're looking at some type of you know video transfer as well. So this camera, like I said, it's not going to be a camera that everyone's going to rush out and buy, but it's definitely going to fill a big void in the market. Like it's going to create this tool for people to be able to use particularly for photography professionals like photojournalists and sporting uh, photographers being able to give them something that they can not miss the action with that 30 frames with that tracking that they can actually basically latch onto somebody and just follow them through and you know then they can choose out of those 30 frames a second they can choose the best frame that represents the the particular sport and I'm sure like I said we're gonna it's gonna be a game change that we're gonna see so many cool pictures come from that camera where people have been able to capture action in a way that we did see it previously but it was more more luck sometimes that a lot of people got that shot. I think now we're gonna see a lot more of those really cool images because the camera's got so much um, I suppose processing power and the way it actually measures and capture stuff so it's like I said it's an exciting time to be a photographer and like I said 
it's exciting to see companies like Canon continuing to bring out products like this where they're continuing to kind of innovate and you know lead the way particularly with things like eye tracking the you know the fact that you can use your eye now to move the focus points around these are things like I said you know you start to dream of like is it one day we'd just be able to have a camera that we just think about what we want it to do and and it will just do it working on brainwaves who knows could be anything's possible I suppose we just have to wait to see what the future brings but like I said this has been a different kind of addition of uh, focus and I, I just thought it was important because like I said I think it's every now and then there comes a, a pivotal point in photography where there's where there's a major shift you know we saw it when photography went from um, film to digital you know that was a that was a fundamental shift in the way people photographed and and it was quickly uptaken like I mean it was a lot of people sat there and looked at it and thought, "Oh no, this is not this digital thing is not going to catch on." And then it caught on very quickly, and people had, I suppose, adapted to the new technology and loved the benefits. So now I think cameras like the R three is that next level. So it's 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 another level of, takes people's photography to a new level, and it's the next kind of big thing in photography. And I think, like I said be well worth you just checking out just to see what this camera can do and just read the specs on it. It's very, very impressive. And I think, like I said, it's for certain photographers, it's actually going to be the go-to camera. Um, I know, like I said, I'm looking forward to being able to get my hands on one when one's available to, to actually play with. I think, yeah, definitely it'd be a camera that I possibly consider buying as well because I do shoot with the R5. And I do love the R5 and I love everything about that camera. It works really, really well. And I did a previous podcast talking about that. And, you know, so people know my thoughts on that. But I think this camera, like I said, just it just offers so much more. And I've shot with the 1DX Mark III and that's an incredible camera as well. And I've shot motorsport with that camera. And that camera just comes on its own with motorsport, being able to, to get the high frame rate and the, the great processing and great autofocus focus system in that camera that now we've got all these things in another lighter body that's offering some faster new technology and I think like I said exciting times ahead look um, we love bringing these podcasts and love to get people thinking um, about you know their photography and that's why we put these podcasts together hope people you know think out start to think about different things and think about what's What's the advantages of, of the new technology? And if you're still kind of shooting with older technology, then it may be a time to start looking at what's happening out there in the world of mirrorless because it is the big mover and shaker at the moment out there. And I did resist for a long time. I sat on the fence with my DSLR camera. Um, but now that I've kind of gone fully mirrorless, I just absolutely love everything that that brings to the, brings to the table. And um, I really enjoy shooting with it. If you enjoy our podcast, by all means, leave us a comment or make sure you follow us or you subscribe to us so you don't miss an episode. I'm Steve Finkel and this has been Photo Mission Focus and we've been talking about the new Canon EOS R3. Go check it out. I'm sure you'll love it. See ya. (laughs) 
That's all for this episode this week. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment and don't forget to follow us on your favourite podcast app and social media sites. Remember, photography is a pursuit where there's always something new to learn. Safe and happy shooting, everyone. Thank you.